Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Can you tell me what accent that was? I don't there was know. like two, three different ones I know. In there. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I even think I threw in some South African at the I end think there. So. It was. It was, it was. Little, I don't know. A little Italian, a little Eastern European, a yeah. little Swedish. <laughs> little something. <laughs> little patata score. Yes. <laughs> little Minnesota. <sighs> yeah, well, it's good to have you with us here today. You're going to get sleep deprived, Carl. Yes, you are. Oh, that's <laughs> what you're getting today. Classic. Morning. You morning. better believe it. You know, the funny thing about this crazy app that I have, that I wear this watch at my phone. So oh, I get this okay. Sense 2, uh-huh. which is a, um, what's the name of this phone? The it's watch an Apple Watch? Apple no, watch? it's not Apple Watch. Uh, oh, Fitbit? you got a Fitbit? Fitbit? I got a Fitbit. Oh, Fitbit. I got a Fitbit. Okay. A friend of mine gave me a Fitbit. Anyhow, these things give you a sleep score. And what's interesting about the sleep score is that you can get a, as a better sleep score with an hour or less sleep. And it makes sense. For the first time yeah. in my life, there's a whole new level of understanding about sleep that I never had before. But what mine measures, and I think this is interesting because I'm a life hacking fool. Mm. Uh, it, so I have a sleep score of 79, which isn't anything to brag about if you understand sleep score. So okay. I got up this morning, I'm always like, <laughs> like a panting dog going, what's my sleep score last night? <laughs> and I got up this morning at 79. But see, yesterday uh, was 79, but okay. I had seven and a half hours of sleep. To la- two nights ago, I had seven and a half hours. Last night, I had five hours and 13 minutes. I got the same sleep score. Yeah. And here's why. If you look, open up the granularity of this thing, you got restorative sleep. This thing measures how many minutes you're sleeping below your resting heart rate. Mm-hmm. Last night, I had 72% of my sleep was below resting heart rate, which is oh. means that your heart's slowing down like a bear, yeah. you know, yeah. which is great because the slower your heart goes in the night, the more rest you're getting. Oh, really? That's why it's so weird. I got five hours and change in sleep, but I feel good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a... That's okay. a real thing. And it depends. Doesn't it depend, too, on like what part of your sleep you wake up in? Yeah. You got to wake up in a lighter, a lighter mode of sleep rather than like your heavy REM sleep. I think there's some of that for sure. But I've got a deep REM unit here. I got a 21 out of 25 score on that. So I only got 36 out of 50 for time of sleep. But rest- restoration, I got 22 out of 25. Well, there you go. Which is fascinating. Yeah. You know, I'm a big one on we've got to use. Some people look at this stuff and go, oh, boy, this stuff's of the devil, all this technology. Mm. The fact is it can be used of the devil, but it can be used for good. When the printing press came out, there were people that said, you know, the Christians need to run from this. Well, guys like Spurgeon and others said, no, 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 we're going to use this. Yeah, I got so an they, idea. <laughs> they sh- yeah. They said, hey, how about we ship out messages by the pallet load around the world? Wow. And that's what C.H. Spurgeon did, Prince of Preachers in England, Metropolitan Tabernacle. So we gotta we gotta leverage tech and um Yeah, I think I'm gonna talk about it. Coming up here in a moment, okay. I want to tell you something that uh, I'm up to. I hadn't even announced it yet, but um Big deal happening 29th, 31st, and then in January, a couple of dates. But 
leveraging tech in a big way. And I was super encouraged with something Erwin Lutzer told me the other day. Oh, yeah. Pastor Erwin Lutzer. Yeah, Pastor he, Lutzer. When he speaks. Yeah, he told, he told me something that really encouraged me. Okay. And um, I want to encourage you, Boom Crew. I mean, a lot of times we look at some things we do um, or that we use, and I want you to know that although sometimes your phone or your technology is a waste of time, sometimes it can be leveraged for good. And I, I don't want you to be kicking yourself in the teeth. You know how we sometimes kick ourselves in the teeth for everything under the sun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. And, and sometimes it's like, no, give yourself a break. Yeah. Well, I want to give you something that, um, you know, when Lutzer speaks, I listen. Of course. But one thing he said to me this week really encouraged me. And I want to give that to you, Boom Crew, and see how it applies to your life. We'll talk about it coming up. Eric in Chicago, what's your story, my man? Thanks for holding on. Good morning, guys, and God bless everyone this morning. Thank you. Uh, my story comes from I was about 13, 14 years old, young adolescent, and I had suffered, you know, with trying to be accepted. I'm telling you right now, I wasn't Mr. Popular. I wasn't Mr. Walk in the room and everybody took a look. <laughs> I was Mr. Invisible. I was that kid with glasses, short and fat. You know the type? Yeah, well, I was yeah, the kid I with buck me. teeth and tall and skinny, so we would have been a great <laughs> pair, buddy. You know, I mean, we walk in the room, ain't nobody paying attention to it. That's and, right. Um, surrounded, you know, by a huge community, you know, within church within school family i never felt like man eric walked in the room hey come over here or hey we have this topic we're discussing hey, eric what, like what's your opinion yeah. nothing <laughs> nothing and as Sorry, a young man, you know young one running man it, it was painful and apparently you know going to church you hear the gospel yeah god is a loving god god is a fulfilling god and i'm like i had this emptiness man like this hole in my heart and my parents, uh, God bless their lives, you know, they're, they're my pastors now. <laughs> but great. back in the day, we were just, you know, church folk. And, and my parents, you know, started seeing the change in my personality going into high school. And, you know, they sat down with me at the dinner table. And I love it when I was younger. They would tell me, hey, we got to talk. If you're 15 and your parents tell you, hey, we got to talk, the first thing you start to do is repent for things you never did before. <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't me. No, I, I didn't break it. I don't know who. But they cut to the chase and they say, you know, we see your change in personality. You know, God bless those parents who, who are noticing yeah. Yeah. the adolescents yeah. within church and saying, hey, what's going on? Instead of giving them a phone or giving them uh, a screen or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And I told them, you know, with tears in my eyes, like, I feel, I feel this emptiness, man. I, I feel hurt. Like, nobody wants me around. You know, I, I don't feel validated. I don't feel accepted. Two huge words. How'd they handle that? What'd they do? What they, they gave me the best advice. They asked me, do you serve a big God? And I said, yeah. And they go, you don't think the big God you serve is enough to fill the God-shaped hole in your heart? And, that, and I was 15. I didn't really understand. And they go, Depending on the faith of your God, if you have a big God, he should be enough to fill every hole in your heart. But if you feel like you serve a small God, you're always going to be chasing something to fill the crevices. That's right on. And they told me, in, in your prayer, they told me this, in your prayer, we want to hear you. So it wasn't, I'm going I'm to be kneeling in church, uh, praying in my head. No, they go, we want to hear you say, Lord, fill my heart. They were telling me, you know, with God with you, like he, they were telling me, 
pray you fill me with your presence so God is always with me. And they would say, fill my heart so that way you feel validated. Two things. If you got a best friend, someone's always by your side and someone's always giving you that value. I was 15, 16, they go, stop looking, stop chasing other people, fads, fashions, music, no. You know, the God we serve is a big God. And start praying, Lord, fill my heart. Let me I was tell 15, you. 16 at the time. It took me about a year. I'm not going to lie to you. It took me about a year. But, you know, by God's glory, you know, I'm cool being a son by myself. God no, less. Listen, man, he is, he is real and he's that powerful. The fact that you had parents like that, Eric, that pointed you back to Jesus and were that pointed with regard to the help that God can be, that will change everything. That'll change everything. Has Jesus changed you? Has he filled that void in your life? And here's, here's a reality. I want you to know this. A heart of stone cannot become a heart of flesh like we find in Ezekiel 36, 26. And you will not become a new creation until you are owned by Jesus Christ. We got a cultural problem today. A lot of people are trying to rub a little Jesus onto their life. God doesn't want that for you. He wants to take over. In fact, the only way God can lead you into his promises is if he has control of you. Until he owns you, he can't change you. Does Jesus own your, you? Does he own you? He paid the price. Does he own you? Gotta go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carlin Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, I had a really cool conversation this week with Pastor Erwin Lutzer, and I actually invited him to an event that I asked him to speak at in the end of February. Nice. But in the process of um, in the process of talking with him about um, about the event, we we got onto the conversation of how lives really change, and. I was talking with him about a cool little resource that we have, and I'm going to point you to in a moment here. And he made a humbling, it takes a humble man to say this, but I said, Pastor Lutzer, here's what struck me. And we began to talk about how the church has had two primary metrics that we have. One is attendance and one is giving. And by the way, I don't knock anyone for measuring those things. Those are valuable things. Somebody's got to count the nickels and noses for crying out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Got to happen. But I said, I poured out my heart to him. I said, Pastor, I got to tell you, as long as I'm alive on earth, I want to do my best to inspire a spiritual revolution within the church that makes disciples and knows if we're doing it or not. And so I told him a little bit, and he had endorsed my book, and that was a humbling thing. And he, just a, just a great guy. And I said, yeah. you know, I, I'm doing this thing with this assessment, and now we're hoping to really equip churches in this and make it a, a tool that can help people grow. You know what he said? He said, you know, Carl, he said, if someone would have asked me when I was a pastor, how many are coming, how much is given? I knew that. But if somebody were to ask me, how do you know if people are growing? I would have had to tell them, I don't know. And I thought, well, what a humbling nice. thing. Yeah. Now I want to go back to the printing press because, um, because I was uh, sharing with him, and I'm giving you real inside baseball here on Pastor Lutzer, but I was sharing <laughs> with Pastor Lutzer about how 
we have an algorithm on this assessment that helps people understand kind of where they're at. Are they growing spiritually? Right. Yeah. And he said, yeah, Apostle Paul had, must have had a pretty good algorithm back then. <laughs> I said, oh, come on. He says, oh, I got to poke you a little bit. But we were talking a little bit about, you know, technology and, you know, what, what we have today. And I think Christians can sometimes poo-poo technology to our peril. Yeah. The technology that's hurting us, be careful. But my goodness, the printing press at one time, some church leaders thought it was of the devil. Well, it turns out. Charles Haddon Spurgeon decided, no, man, <laughs> we're going to let the Holy Spirit use this. And, Absolutely. you know, these right. inanimate objects can be used for good or for evil. It's often like our car. It can be used for good or for evil. Our phone can be used for good or for evil. Sure. So technology can be used for good or for evil. And I just want to encourage you because sometimes you beat yourself up and you've maybe you've made spiritual compromises with some technology. And so you, then you think all technology is out of the pit. Maybe I need to deprive myself of every... No, don't go there, guys. Be careful with that. You can find yourself living in this scarcity mindset rather than an abundance mindset with the Lord. Is this making sense at all, young wonder? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Super dying? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. this jives a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because it's easy to actually become a scarcity thinker spiritually mm -hmm. because you put yourself on this little island where we have no liberty to do anything. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And and that's not the quality of life that God wants no, for no, us. No. no, on this Freedom Friday, I want you to know that there's a lot of things that are inanimate objects that maybe have been used for evil, but God can use it for good. Mm -hmm. And he does it all the time. Yeah. So I got something. Uh, we're going to be announcing this a whole lot heavier next week, but I want to let you know about it today on this Freedom Friday on the 29th and 31st. 29th is a Thursday, 31st is a Saturday. Thursday night, Saturday morning, I'm going to be doing a um, launch. We're going to open up more coaching. And we're going to use this assessment and these kind of things, and I'm really fired up about it. And I want you to come get a vision for what in the world God might change in your life, leveraging technology, measuring where you're at, growing, see what God may do. So in the best way to do this is just take the assessment, then we'll have your email and we'll shoot it out to you with updates about the launch and all that. But come take a free assessment, check it out. Let God use some technology in a cool way in your yes. life. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Just like the printing press was redeemed, <laughs> so can digital stuff. Yeah, we can get you all this good stuff that Carl's talking about. Just text the word seven. Please do make sure it is the word seven. And the phone number is 312-274-9624, 312-274-9624. And we'll get you the link. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, I put something out there this morning on my Facebook page and just want to pour my heart out with you. This I got up early and God was working in my heart. Authentic faith. It is not an exercise of inviting Jesus to help us live our lives as we feel they should be governed. It is the surrender of our lives to be governed by God and guided by the Spirit to live as Christ lived. It's a huge shift. Sometimes yeah. we want to invite Jesus in to help us govern our life. No, no, hear me. The way Jesus can change us is only if he owns us. When mm -hmm. we are, right? 
Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, this this is part of what leads to many people wondering why their faith doesn't seem to work. Right, because we're taking that the the language of I'm inviting Jesus in is hey, I'm in charge and it'd be nice to have someone kind of you know, giving me maybe some advice here and there, yeah. you know, or maybe giving me some help to do the things I want to do here and there. But making Jesus in charge is way different because that means he leads. And even if it goes down a route that I never dreamed of, maybe before Jesus, I never really wanted. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not he's not in charge unless he can do that, unless he has the authority. You know, Ed, Eric's called in earlier and his parents had some counsel for him. And that was your God. Is he is he big enough? And I think sometimes we don't. We don't abandon ourselves to God because we're surrendering to a, a puny God, one that's not represented in the scriptures. But the God of the scriptures demands my soul, my life, my all. Yeah. Remember that classic yeah. hymn? Yeah. Demands Absolutely. my soul, my life, my all. And I just want to ask you, coming up here in a moment, have you given him your soul, your life, your all? Are you abandoned to him? Until he owns you, he can't change you. I had to learn that the hard way. And, you know, sometimes I want to, as a pastor, I want I want people to come into abundant life so much, sometimes I inadvertently lower the bar and I invite them into a place that there is no real change. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be really clear, and I'm just going to, I just want to speak to you directly for a second, just you. And... I want to go over some things that we've hit in the past, and just as God prompts my heart here. First, you know that a lot of people can go to church and never experience the power of God. I live that, and so I want you to know that just because you're maybe doing that doesn't mean mean that, number one, you should settle for that. Number two, that you should think that this is an unusual experience. This is very common. There are many that are going to say to Jesus on the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, I never knew you. And there's going to be a huge shock there because according to Matthew 7, they're going to tell Jesus, listen, we we preached in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and we did mighty works in your name, spiritual works in your name. And he's going to say, I never knew you, meaning you can be super duper spiritually engaged. You can be going to church, you can hold positions, you can be leading Sunday school and not be born again. Now, now you're going, oh, great, Carl. I've been freaked out forever about whether or not I know Jesus really as is. I'm going to give you, by the time we're done here, I'm going to give you total confidence that you can know where you stand with Mm -hmm. God. All all this is going to be cleared up, but let me be super clear. God cannot change your life and you cannot have a relationship with him if you are inviting him in to help you govern your life. Until you surrender the governance of your life to him, you cannot be changed by him. I've known no one like that. I've, I, you, you look at the Apostle Paul, you look at all the disciples, you look at the woman at the well, you look at all these people that surrendered their life to Jesus, or excuse me, experienced real radical life change. Because he changed the world, as we've been tackling all week. And he can change you. But if you look at all these people that experience real life change, they didn't add Jesus to their life. They didn't get spiritual. They gave the governance of their life over to God. Until he owns you, he can't change you. That's, that's my bottom line as a pastor nowadays. Yeah. So the question isn't, did Johnny pray a prayer back here? Did Carl pray a prayer back here? The question is, did Carl ever get owned by God? 
You know, there's a term out there right now. I hadn't even thought about this. Man, you got owned, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, owned right. means what in the slang? Uh, basically means like that guy uh, has a quote unquote like a power over you, yeah. like mm-hmm. victory yeah. over you all the time. You can't you can't ever beat this guy out because he's just got all the victory. So here's the bottom line. God wants to own you, but he wants to own you not to shame you or to take you down or to beat you, but to lift you up. And I just need you to know that until you're owned by God, you can't be changed by him. I've never seen one man or woman changed by God that were not first owned by him. And that's why blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is why God wants to take a heart of stone and turn it to a heart of flesh. And that's his promise in Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. See, some of us are trying to add a little bit of Jesus to our heart or add a little Holy Spirit to our spirit. No, he wants to give you a new heart and a new spirit. The old is gone. The new has come. This is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, could I add something here? Truly in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I want you to decide today what you're going to do. I want you to decide today. Are you going to keep inviting Jesus to help kind of meddle with the fringes of your life, or are you going to allow Jesus to govern your life? I appeal to you when he owns you, he can change you, friend. Yes. I know you've gone through heartache and pain and all that, but listen to me. There can be a few behavioral shifts, but until there is a spiritual renewal, there will be no lasting change. Bottom line. But when he owns you, he can change you. I did years trying to let God change me without owning me. Doesn't work. He's got to own you. Yep. Superdive's experienced that. Young Thunder's experienced that. Certainly have. I mean, guys... He's got to own you. I remember saying to myself in high school before I really knew Jesus, you know, I, I believe in him, but I kind of just want to do what I want to do right now. Guess how much I changed in that period of my life? Zero. 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 I didn't change one bit. And the reason I didn't change is because I was not letting him be in charge. Yeah. God cannot change what he does not own. He cannot change what he does not own. But if you want God to own you today, I promise you he will change you. I have absolute, I'm tearing up with hope and joy for what God can do in you today. So how do you get owned by God? Confess your sin to him. Admit that you're missing the mark and ask him to take you over. You know what Lord means? It means the leader. And I'm asking you to confess your sin to Jesus that you've been missing the mark and that you need a new leader in your life and give him ownership of you today. I want you to be owned by Jesus today for the first time in your life. Pray with me. Jesus, I believe. I believe I'm here on this Friday morning because you love me. 
God, I'm sobered up in mind right now, and I'm asking you to own me. I want to be changed by you. So take me. I'm yours. Tell him those those words right there. Just tell him. Be honest, my friend, with God. Just tell him the truth. And let him know right now, Jesus, I, I am willing to admit I've been missing the mark. I get sin in my life. I need you to die for me. But now I'm asking you to take me. Take me over. You got all of me. Every bit. In Jesus' name, amen. If that is you, I'm promising you right now, if that is you and you mean that in your heart, some of you might just be saying those words. But if you mean it in your heart, here's what's happening. There is a rush of freshness, and it's almost more than you can handle. It's almost more than you can handle, but it is powerful. And if that's you and you're giving your life to Jesus today to be owned by him, thereby changed by him, I'm asking you to text us the word welcome right now. Just welcome to 312-274-9624. Just the word welcome right now. And I want to welcome you to the family on this Freedom Friday morning. Text word welcome. Get to a safe spot. Get to the side of the road. Wipe up the tears. Whatever you got to do. Welcome to 312-274-9624. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, when God changes us, he changes us so thoroughly. And we've been talking about this this week. By the way, has God changed you if, you if he has and you're ready to share your testimony, man? I want to hear it. In fact, we want the whole boom crew to hear it. Call in any time today. Has God changed you? Come on, you're ready to share it? Get that frog out of your throat and give me a call. 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. Young Thunder, you got an insight on something that's Man, this is radical. I had not heard this quote before. Yeah, it's really cool. So if you were in the first century and you were ordered to kill and torture Christians, you would think that your attitude towards them would probably be bitter. It would probably be hateful, spiteful, all of these things. Uh, this is Roman governor Plinius Secundus, and he wrote in uh, in one of his writings that Christians were people who loved the truth at any cost. He wrote this about them. Although he was ordered to torture and execute them for refusing to curse Jesus, he was continually amazed and impressed with their firm commitments to, quote, not do any wicked deeds, never to commit any fraud, theft, adultery, never to falsify their word, not to not to deny a trust when they should be called upon to deliver it up. So this is a guy that actively tortured and killed people who believed and refused to reject Christ. Yeah. And even though he did that, he was amazed by how they lived their lives. Their character, their virtue. They were different than people who didn't believe in Jesus. Just powerful stuff, guys. Yeah. See, here's the deal. When God owns us, he can change us. And that's what we're celebrating today. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, when I tell the Boom Crew this is their show, they start to believe it. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. I love this. 0863 just said, it would be nice if you didn't talk over the excellent drum ending. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 0863. 
I like that. <laughs> All right, now you got it. Zero eight six three. Now I'm gonna do it more. <laughs> You're gonna start talking thirty seconds before no, the song. I won't Don't do turn that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right, Young Thunder, tell me what you were saying on the break. Yeah, what was I? What was I saying on the break? <laughs> Ownership. Ownership. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're and talking about talking about ownership today, and I really think that this is a a good way to really unlock this in our hearts and our minds because we talk about surrendering and i think even sometimes we can get surrendering messed up on what that really means let's get real practical why well because we talk about a prayer of surrender and i think that that is so uh ingrained itself into our letting jesus into our hearts you know i you know i i'm gonna let him live here with me but i'm still gonna be in charge but we kind of confuse that with okay this is a prayer of surrender so i prayed the prayer i've surrendered i'm good now i'm gonna go live my life the way i want to live it but when we talk about ownership we we know what ownership is we all experience ownership right over my over my phone over my laptop whatever all of my inanimate objects i'm in charge those things don't tell me what to do i get to tell them what to do and that's the same way with jesus and so i feel like it just unlocks us to talk about the ownership because he's in charge of my life i i don't get to decide and i'm thankful for that because jesus has never led me wrong okay so if the illusion of salvation is a potential problem and we know from matthew 7 that it is it absolutely is uh so the the illusion of transformation or illusion illusion of salvation is you have this wool pulled over your eyes that somehow you possess the real jesus when in fact he doesn't possess you yeah all right so that's a problem right Mm -hmm. absolutely and i have a heart for this and i some of you hear this and you're going like carl man why do you are you on this so much because i lived it yeah guys i lived this I remember coming to the Christmas before February 11th of 1984, feeling incredibly hollow, hearing about these words about Jesus. And I remember, guys, I went to a Christmas Eve service two months before I was born again, six weeks before I was born again, Mm. in this inner turmoil that was huge. If you have an inner turmoil or an unsettledness over where you stand with God, get it sorted out, my friend. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And no, I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm being for real here. Yeah. And listen, don't don't shrug off that feeling either. I there there's two options here when you feel that feeling. You either can be encouraged by what is the truth and that yeah. you do know God, or you can make the choice now to know him real for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I felt the unsettling feeling too of being unsure, of being scared that I didn't I didn't really know him. And I didn't. And my life is forever changed because I realized that and was able to course correct with him by putting him in charge. And you didn't just get a little more Jesus in you. He took you over. He took me over. He decides for me now. Yeah. I don't decide for myself. Such a cool thing, man. I want you to know where you stand with God and whether he stands with you. And there is this blog that I wrote that might be the most important blog I've ever written, and all it is is scripture. And there's nine, at least nine distinctive things that characterize an authentic Christian, genuine article. And if you want to hold a mirror up to your life and of your children now or loved ones, now this isn't for the purpose of judging them. It's exercising judgment on how to pray for them. Big difference. I know I'm past here, but I got to say this here. 
This is huge, guys. I want you to know where you stand with God and if he stands with you. I want you to know that. And so I want you to get this little resource if you haven't, or even if you have, and it's like, man, I, I've gotten this thing, but I've never really read, read it. And this will tell you how to pray for your loved ones. This will tell you where you stand and how, where others stand. And man, I'm, I am so done with this. Um, I don't want to be rubber stamping emotional experiences or hands in the air that you had once upon a time or if you threw a stick in a fire to camp. Are you standing with God and is he standing with you? That's my question for you today. It's that simple. Here's what I want you to get right now. Yeah, we'll get you that link. All you need to do is text the word STAND. The word is STAND, and the number's 312-274-9624. I'll slow it down. 312-274-9624. The word is STAND. Awesome. Thank you, Super Die. Bye. <laughs> oh, I got people texting me like crazy. Oh, that's funny. Given their opinions here, we've had so many calls come in. Uh, I decided let's go ahead two two against two. Yeah. Let's double team it here. Uh, we've got Evelyn, first-time caller from Rolling Meadows. She's got a fake tree. Kathy, first-time caller from Arlington Heights, got a fake tree. Bethany, first-time caller from Plainfield, got a real tree. And Lisa, she's a uh, she's called here before from Roselle, got a real tree. We got a battle of the ladies, two on two. That's right. This could get brutal. <laughs> I mean, this could get now, brutal. Just a minute. Because sometimes for the ages. Fight for the ages. Crank up that music a little bit. <laughs> All right, guys. Evelyn, Kathy, you ready to go and defend the fake trees, girls? Yes. yes. All right. And then uh, Bethany and Lisa, you guys ready to go at it and, and really ready. champion those real trees? Absolutely. All right. Evelyn and Kathy, um, we're going to go to you two young ladies first here. Go at it. Uh, just, just let's roll here, girls. What? Why? Why fake trees? Um, I would say. Okay, I, you know what? I, I messed you up. Yeah, man. one at a time. <laughs> one at a time. Evelyn, go. Okay. Give us, give us your best go, Evelyn. Okay. Okay. So I'll go first. Um, okay. So one, I would say it's economical. So you're spending. Uh, Sometimes it's definitely budget friendly. Oh, going um, for the stewardship two. angle. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, two, um, you, it, it's, it's there. Like, you don't have to go and purchase another tree. You don't have to go think about it. So, it's definitely like easy to set up and easy to put together. And then, three, like, you already know what size it is. So, you don't have to find. Uh, different place in your house to put it. Okay, um, those are good. So definitely space efficient. So okay. you already, it's already pre-planned. All right, it's already pre-planned and space efficient. All right, that first one, the economics one, actually grabbed my heart a little I bit. Like that that was pretty good. good. One. Uh, the others, they weren't quite as good, quite <laughs> candidly, Evelyn. But <laughs> the, the first one, the first one, good. Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, what do you got for? You're for defending fake. the fake tree. What do you say, Kathy? What do you want to add to Evelyn? Okay, I'm a converted real tree owner to a fake tree owner. Wow. So I've experienced both. <laughs> she's, a so, um, she's a convert. convert. Okay, we're going for the yes. spiritual angle here. All right, wh why, Kathy? 
Okay, so um, to add to Evelyn's, I would say you can put the tree up earlier because you're not going to have the mess. Oh, that's Um, true. I would say the tree is always perfect. You don't bring it home, and then there's like a big hole in one side (laughs) or the trunk. You know, you haven't seen some fake trees. All right, all right. The trunk, the trunk doesn't like have to be sawed down or like you have to play around with it because the tree's not perfect. You have to tilt it to one side. Um, So it's always perfect. You just put it in the stand, and there it is. I like that. Uh, Number three. Number three, I would say, um, if you have heavy ornaments, you can just put them on any branch and, like, sort of bend the branch up, and it holds the ornament. Yes. Unlike a real tree, where you have to find the he- the branch that will hold the heavy ornament. That's hilarious. Um, what else? Okay. Oh, no, that's um, good. That's one, good. One, one more, Kathy. That's it. One more. Okay. Okay. Um, also, I just enjoy not watering the tree at night. Mm. I look at it, oh. and I don't have to climb under the tree and knock a thousand <laughs> needles off. There you go. Okay, that's pretty good, <laughs> girls. Give them, good Give them yes. a hand. Give them a hand. Good job. All right, turn up the competition music again. Okay. You got to bring in the real tree, young ladies. Bethany yes. Yes. and Lisa. Bethany, you're up first. What do you say? First time caller. Hey, guys. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, you're welcome. So I would say the first thing that I love about getting a real tree, um, we have three kids. One's graduated college. One's away at college. When she comes home for Thanksgiving, it creates the best memories that you can never replace with getting having a fake tree. I mean, you got to drive to the tree farm. That's an adventure. You have to walk through. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's warm. You got to pick out the right tree. Everybody gets to argue over who's got the best tree. (laughs) Bethany's going. Bethany's going Norman Rockwell on us here. Okay, so give us give us two more quick reasons. Quick reasons. Okay. The second you open the door to the house, or when your guests come over, the entire house smells beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another lingering memory. Like when my kids are older and have um, their own kids. They'll be like, oh, let's go to grandma's and smell the smell the pine from the real Christmas tree. Like, you can't beat that. That is, like, the best ever. Decorating it. I, You know, I know they said, like, um, the branches and, you know, not being strong enough for the big ornaments. But, like, that's part of the joy and the fun of, like, getting to have a real tree every year and having a new that's adventure to, around Christmas. All right. Bethany, that's great. You're doing great. Lisa from Roselle, what can you add? Real tree, you're a champion of it. Go. All right, Lisa, wrap it up. Good morning, and thank you. <laughs> oh, this is such a fun and fun moment. I think it's just great you're supporting local businesses, um, the environment, and getting the tree is half the fun. <laughs> and um, it, just, it just makes the house smell wonderful. And it's good for the environment because then after you're done with your tree, it's going back. And then a good secret for helping your tree for some who don't like the needles that fall when you first get your tree, add hot water to it. And the pine needles or whatever your tree is will not fall off. And it's great. It's just wonderful and it's fun. And everybody has fun whichever way you're doing your tree. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Well, that was pretty good. These the, really are good. The, um, the only thing I would add to the fake tree side, I thought someone was going to go with the uh, fire hazard side. Ah, okay. That oh, nobody went yeah, with the fire no. hazard no side. No fire hazard mm. side. But, I mean, lots of great points. A lot of good points. Um, yeah. Like young Dunder, 
I'm going to yeah. let you uh, determine this today, which side came up with the better arg- line of argumentation. Oh, man. Well, it was tough. I think both of you guys had great arguments. Listen, uh, effectiveness, efficiency, I'm all about that. I think the fake trees got that. I also think that there's just a Christmas spirit part that goes with the real tree. So I'm having a tough time. You sound like a politician Well, now. I mean, it's just true, but I think that I am going to have to go with the fake tree argument. Fake tree, everybody. Oh. Get a fake Tree no, I got Christmas. a question, Judge. What? Do you have a fake tree or a real tree? I don't even have a tree. <laughs> okay, well then he's the right guy. <laughs> There's your judge. See? Okay, now fake tree. According to Young Thunder, you get you get bragging rights. But guess what? All four of you ladies wow. win a Carl and Crew wow. prize Yay! pack. Thank you guys. All four of you ladies get a Carl and Crew and prize pack. It's a real pack. prize pack too. It's yes. a real prize it's pack. It's not a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> we promise. But it doesn't smell. It doesn't have the pine <laughs> smell <not>. to it. <laughs> All right, ladies, way to go. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, Evelyn, how long you been listening to Carl and Crew Mornings? Oh, my goodness. Since I came to Christ since 2007. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, way to go, sister. Kathy, how long you been listening to Moody Radio? A long time, but I've been in Texas for six years, so now I'm back for um, since last December, so since last December awesome. again. Awesome, awesome. Bethany, how long for you? Oh, gosh, for the longest time. Um, I actually, every morning, me and my son, when I drive him to school, it's our favorite thing to do is to listen to your morning show. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, Man, son. maybe we should let Real win with Bethany's comment right there. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, no, my decision. <laughs> Lisa, how long you been listening to Moody Radio? Oh, I've been listening to Moody Radio for such a long time also and started with um, listening with you and uh, when you guys first started. But yeah. um, enjoy every show. Just keep it on all day long, and I love it. And you guys all do a great job. Every one of you are the hosts on Moody Radio, the whole crew. Man, oh, man. Ladies, hang on the line. We're going to get your information from yeah. Superdive's going to gather that up, and we're going to get a Carlin Crew prize back out. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Hang on. It's Carlin Crew mornings here, 12 days of Christmas. we got Superdive. Let's pan back to Superdive. She's in Michigan oh, yeah. Control in here. Smile and wave. She's got tie-dye. Superdive with tie-dye. Always. Man. I think half my wardrobe's tie-dye. <laughs> I think so, too. I admit it. <laughs> and then we got Young Dunder in here. If you're on Facebook Live, you got to see this. Young Dunder, man. I had to go all out for the Dude, 12th day of Christmas. what do you got going on? He's got a, he's got a red sweatshirt, guys, and yes. then he's got yeah. a clashing bear's hat with blinking lights. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know... So you got to think it's it's National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day, and this Christmas sweater isn't that ugly. I mean, but it's, it's a nice with Christmas the hat. sweater. With the hat. Combined with the hat, the colors clash. But you know what? It's I had good. To, it has the Christmas lights. I had to wear it. I can't say you. no. What do you think? <laughs> From Facebook Live, give a vote. <laughs> I don't know. Give a vote. Judge me. Tell me what you know. think of me. <laughs> Judge me. <laughs> <laughs> Judge oh, me. No. What a great thing. Okay, we got a boogie here. Yes, yes uh, we do. So listen, we're gonna go under the tree, but we got a winner, yes. Lorraine from she Montgomery. Is. How you doing, Lorraine? I'm good. I'm, I'm speechless. How about them apples? <laughs> you were caller number sixty-seven. You wow. just kept. Do you have a speed dial? Is that what you got, Ooh. Lorraine, or are you just fast caller? Uh, no, I have speed dial. Okay, good, Atta girl. Good. Way to work it. Okay, Lorraine, you are the winner no matter what is under that tree. Yeah, Lorraine, I would oh I would God. ask you what type of present you'd like, but there's only one present left, so I'm going to get it for you, okay? Well, I know you saved the best for last. You oh, better believe it. Oh, there you it. go. 
This of is actually a did. great one. This is actually a great one. That's for you, Carl. The, the title of this gift is "We Wish You a Merry Christmas." Ooh, very nice. And by nice. the way, it has white paper with yes. red and green trees. <laughs> And red red plaid ribbon. Thank you, yeah. Love reading those wrapping instructions. <laughs> oh, thank you. Aww. If you're on Facebook Live, Absolutely. I just got wrapped with some of this. Okay. What they call what would they call this stuff right there? Buffalo Buffalo something. Buffalo check. Buffalo, oh, buffalo check. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know. Better than uh, buffalo chips. That's what. Let me tell you what. Children. Facebook Live. You see this? I'm going <gasps> to tell you, Lorraine. You're not going to be very bored this Christmas uh. because <sighs> Carl. What do we got for her? <laughs> All right. Let me read this. Okay. Nothing says Christmas, Lorraine. Nothing says Christmas fun, Lorraine, like getting together with friends and family for a game night. We've got Uno, Chameleon, Code Names, and... Wait, wait. Wait for it. The last one's Uno. Open it up. Oh, the last one's Uno. The last one's Uno. It's well, then somebody, did you rip off that other little gift? Oh, no. And there, yeah, it's, it's right in there. In. And, I didn't uh, know. I'm so And a $50 Grubhub gift card. Yes. How about oh, that? Goodness. How about that, Lorraine? Isn't that nice. Great? Nice. Nice package. Way to go, I Lorraine. Love that. Lorraine, well, that's uh, we're awesome. yeah. You are so welcome, and you're a good sport. Who else were we playing for today? Our final online Twelve Days of Christmas winner is Danetta from Chicago. Danetta, congratulations! Way to go, Danetta! Good job. Woo-hoo. Way to go, Lorraine. Lorraine, how long have you been listening to ninety point one FM Moody Radio? Oh man, since the nineties. Wow! Wow! That's nice. since that's great. Yeah, Sweet. that's great. That's dynamite, Lorraine. Nice. Thank you so much for being a listener. And hang on the line. Oh, we're gonna God. get your we're gonna get your details here. So we got code names. By the way, that is a great a game. A great game. Chameleon, also a fantastic Never heard game. Of Chameleon. I have this game in my house. I play it all the time. It's amazing. Great game. I can't see the title. Is exactly. that by design? It is by design. <sighs> the box is is crazy looking, but you can it's kind of hidden it's in there. Chameleon. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You'll love it. So Chameleon is a good game. Chameleon is a great game. One of my favorites. Code names is phenomenal. Also very good. I love yes. It's a great game. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this show cast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew as we help you take your next step with Jesus. You're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.